0: Today, we're going to explore being open. How many people here remember Mervyn's? Remember the old store Mervyn's? You remember the old commercials? Open, open, open. When I was writing this, I kept thinking of that. So that is the visual that was going through my head. It might be a little silly. We don't know. When I say I'd like you to be open, we're talking about being open to new ideas, new possibilities, new understanding, and open... To allowing the infinite, magnificent power of God, spirit, divine intelligence, life, whatever you want to call it. Letting it flow through you as by listening with your inner ear to your most perfect internal song. In fact, to quote a phrase that's been attributed to Ernest Holmes, today we are going to explore being open at the top to fully live so this morning's question is, are you open to the top, at the top to fully live? It begins a new monthly series. Yes, it's February. We're beginning March today. Surprise. Um, it's beginning a new series for us based on Wayne Dyer's really powerful book, The Ten Secrets for Success and Inner Peace. Now, this book, which you wouldn't guess it by reading it, it was published several years before The Secret, um, But its 10 secrets aren't really very secret anymore. They're wonderful keys to full and rich living. And of course, they're grounded in our new thought principles or ancient wisdom principles or universal spiritual principles, whatever you want to call them, principles that have been taught by the masters and mystics and prophets and sages of the ages and which were espoused by the mothers and fathers of new thoughts, such as Charles and Myrtle Fillmore and Ernest Holmes, and which are now being taught not only in new thought centers, but in fundamental Christian churches, such as the Crystal Cathedral in California. That's kind of cool. I did not know that until I stumbled across it. So in his book, Ten Secrets for Success and Inner Peace, Dyer puts his own unique spin on these ancient truths, And today we explore the first two secrets contained in the first two chapters. One, have a mind that is open. And two, don't die with your music or your song still in you. Now, the first time I read this book, it was part of a book club. And um, I remember several people in our group, we would read a chapter and then come back and discuss, and then read a chapter and come back and discuss. And several of the people in our group had a bit of a struggle with some of the things that Dyer says in this chapter. They had some strong opinions, and I remember one of the ladies saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. And I remember being kind of struck by that. Because the way I I look at life, the way I've looked at so many aspects of life, is you take the best and you leave the rest. You bless the rest to be what it is. Um, In other words, when I encounter something that I don't necessarily resonate with, Instead of getting upset and engaging or trying to prove my point, I'll generally just take a step back from it and let it be. It's not my struggle. Now, some might argue that I'm avoiding conflict, and to a degree, I guess I am, but really what I'm doing is letting go of the need to assert my control over a situation or a dissenting opinion that is not mine to control. Let people choose their own path and journey. And that's what I suggest doing with this book. Choose your own journey and do what resonates most with you. Take the best for you and leave the rest. So how open at the top are you? Well, the fact that you are here in a New Thought Church suggests that in terms of your spirituality, you're pretty open. But how open you are really is important to think about. Are you open to new ideas? new possibilities, new understandings. Take a good look. Are you an inside or outside of the box thinker? Secret number one says you must open up some. Open up the box and think outside of it. Dyer suggests that our upbringing, our conditioning has all helped to pigeonhole us. The term pigeonhole goes back to the nesting boxes in which pigeons were kept, each having its own little hole. And then that was turned into a system for organizing things, and then it became the compartmentalization that we find around ourselves, that we accept around ourselves in life. Um, When we're pigeonholed, there's no room for growth. There's no room for success, for creating inner and outer peace. When we're pigeonholed... um, You know what? I'll give you an example. When we're pigeonholed, we... Act a lot like these students I'm about to tell you about. Several years ago, a professor of psychology at a nearby university noticed that as exams drew nearer and nearer, her students' focus and overall moods were more and more negatively impacted. Their quality of work was becoming lesser and lesser with each passing day, and they'd all but completely withdrawn in contributing to classroom discussion. She would tried several times to shift her syllabus to a clinical focus on how stress negatively impacts performance, and how shifting one's perspective for the positive can make or break a situation. None of the course materials she was supposed to teach from seemed to reach them. None of the books and analytical studies seemed to register, then one day... After carrying a heavy bag throughout a long trip on the metro after her car failed, she had an idea. That day when all the students were settled in their seats, inspired by her struggle with that heavy bag, she walked around the floor of the classroom with one last idea to teach them stress management principles that would work. As she raised a glass of water, everyone expected that they'd be asked that typical psychological question. Glass half half empty or half full? Instead, with a smile on her face, the professor asked, how heavy is this glass of water I'm holding? The student shouted out answers ranging from eight ounces to a couple of pounds. She replied, from my perspective, the absolute weight of the glass doesn't matter. It all depends on how long I hold it. If I hold it for a minute or two, it's fairly light. If I hold it for an hour straight, its weight might make my arm ache a little. If I hold it for a day straight, my arm will likely cramp, cramp up and feel completely numb and paralyzed, forcing me to drop the glass to the floor. In each case, the weight of the glass doesn't change, but the longer I hold it, the heavier it feels to me. As the class shook their heads in agreement, she continued, your stresses and worries in life are very much like this glass of water. Think about them for a while, and nothing happens. Think about them for a bit longer, and you begin to ache a little. Think about them all day long, and you will feel completely numb and paralyzed, incapable of doing anything else until you drop them. That next week, not only did the students' work dramatically improve, but they all passed their final exams. I thought that was pretty cool. So the professor decided to buck the rules and step outside the confines of the clinical data she was forced with teaching, and she was able to reach those poor pigeonholed students in a way which effectively changed the way they operate. Think about our world 200 years ago. There was no electricity, no telephones, no fax machines. Remember those? no airplanes, no space travel, no cellular phones, and maybe that was a good thing, no computers, No internet, all of these things came into being because someone refused to be pigeonholed and thought outside the box, allowing limitless possibilities to unfold. I found this the other day, and I couldn't resist sharing it, and I'm going to try my best not to snort because it's funny. A computer, this is a, a computer poem for people over 40, that would be me. A computer was something on TV from a science fiction show of note. A window was something you hated to clean, and Ram was the cousin of the goat. An application was for employment. A program was a TV show. A cursor used profanity. A keyboard was a piano. Memory was something you lost with age. A CD was a bank account, and if you had a three-inch floppy, you hope nobody found out. (laughs) Log on was adding wood to the fire, Hard drive was a long trip on the road. A mouse pad was where a mouse lived. And a backup happened to your commode. Cut you did with a pocket knife. Paste you did with glue. A web was a spider's home and a virus was the flu. Meg was the name of my girlfriend. And gig was a job for the nights. Now they all mean different things. And that really (laughs) megabytes. I loved that. Remember... Progress would have been impossible if we always did things the way we always have. If you keep doing what you've always been doing, then you'll keep getting what you've always been getting. When you open your mind to limitless possibilities, miracles happen. Refuse to have lower expectations of yourself. Michelangelo once suggested that the greater danger is not that we set our expectations too high and don't reach them but that we set them too low and do. Think about that. The scriptures tell us in Matthew um, 19, 26, that with God, all things are possible. So what does that leave out? It doesn't say some things are possible. It says all things are possible. Think of one of those secret desires in your heart. To write a book or to sing or to travel the world studying and learning to create something the world has never seen before. So you say you're too old. How old will you be if you don't do it? You can't afford it? Can you afford what you're doing now? What could change so you could afford it? What will people think? Well, what are they thinking now? And the bigger question, why do you care what anyone is thinking? A mind that is open visualizes itself as being capable of doing anything, anything it can conceive of in heart and mind. Any universal law that has ever been utilized to manifest a miracle anywhere is still on the books. No universal laws have been repealed, and they never will. The universal laws that Jesus used to create miracles are still with us. Did he not say greater things than this shall ye do also? He wasn't talking only to the disciples. You possess within you that same God consciousness and energy to manifest miracles, but only if you truly believe and know it within yourself. Understand that what you think about expands. As man thinketh, so he is. In the miracle of mindfulness, Teach Nat Han said, every day we are engaged in a miracle which we don't even recognize. A blue sky, white clouds, green leaves, the dark curious eyes of a child, our own two eyes. All is a miracle. If you are operating inside a little box, you will, out of necessity, you will, to act upon those closed-minded thoughts, and you'll see evidence of your closed-minded thinking everywhere. On the other hand, should you decide, and make no mistake about this, it is a choice. I know I go on about that, but this is a big one. Should you decide to have a mind that's open, that thinks outside of the box, then you'll act upon your own inner energy, and you will be the creator as well as the recipient of miracles wherever you are. You will experience what Walt Whitman wrote. To me, every cubic inch of space is a miracle. Think about that. In The Science of Mind on page 293, Ernest Holmes says, I know I am now at the threshold of all good, wisdom, and truth. I have only to open the portals of my mind and accept that which is ready to express through me. Now, to introduce uh, secret two, I want to share with you a story that is often told by author Alan Cohen, and it's one that resonates very deeply with me. There's a certain tribe in Africa that believes that every soul has its own vibration, its own harmony. In fact, its own song, which expresses its unique flavor and purpose, so... When a woman in the tribe becomes pregnant, she goes out into the wilderness with a few friends and together they pray and they meditate until they hear the song of that child. And when they all attune to it, they begin to sing it out loud. Then they return to the tribe and teach it to everyone else. And when the child is born, the community gathers and sings the child's song to him or her. Later, when the child enters education, the uh, villagers gather and chant the child's song. And when the child passes through the initiation into adulthood, the people again come together and sing. And at the time of marriage, the community again sings this unique song. At any significant transition in this person's life, the village sings his or her song. And finally, when... A soul is about to pass from this world. The family and friends gather at the person's bed just as they did at the birth and they sing the person into the next life. There's one other occasion upon which the villagers gather to sing the person's song to him or her. If at any point during his or her life the person commits a crime or an aberrant social act, The person is called to the center of the village. And the people in the community form a circle around them. Then all the villagers sing their song to them once again. Because you see, the tribe recognizes that the correction for antisocial behavior is not punishment. It is love and the remembrance of identity. Cohen then writes, you may not have grown up in an African tribe that sings your song to you at crucial life transitions, but life is always reminding you when you are in tune with yourself and when you are not. When you feel good, what you are doing matches your song, and when you feel awful, it doesn't. In the end, we shall all recognize our song and sing it well. You may feel a little warbly at times, but so have all the great singers. Just keep singing, and you'll find your way home. Alan Cohen sure had a way of making the points come across, didn't he? So the second secret for success and inner peace relates to this inner song, this inner vibration, this inner harmony that is uniquely yours. And Dyer entitles the secret, don't die with your music, your song, still in you. We all have a song to sing what's yours? Many, many people spend a lot of time trying to figure out what their song is. Yes, I use cringy air quotes, but they're trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out with their head, their left brain. I want you to take your forefinger and point at yourself right now. Notice where you're pointing. Most people are pointing at your heart because that's where you are. The constant beating of your heart is part of the rhythmic movement of the universe. The perfectly orchestrated harmony that is the heartbeat of God. Khalil Gibran said, when you are born, your work or your song is placed in your heart. Or we could say, when you are born, a song is placed in your heart. So, what is your work? What is your song? Listen to the urges of your heart to know. This world in which we live is part of an incredible system of intelligence in which every single moving part coordinates with every single other moving part. All the galaxies move in harmony and are in rhythm with each other. There's a universal life system in which everything, everything is supported and balanced. And We call this universal life system God. You and I are each one of those moving parts. We showed up here in this particular body we inhabit, and we showed up precisely on time. Since everything is so delicately and precisely balanced throughout this entire system, we must have shown up here and now for a reason, and that reason is to sing your song. Make your music. From the original Science of Mind textbook on page 299, Ernest Holmes says, Back of all manifestation must be the desire to create, the urge to express. This is called the divine urge. You'll find your passion, your song, and in what inspires you the most. What does inspire mean? It derives from the Latin inspirare which means to breathe into. When you're inspired, you never have to ask about your purpose. You're living it. And by living it, you are daily breathing into it. You're living from that breath of life so many of hymns sing praises to. What is your passion? What stirs in your soul and makes you feel like you're totally in harmony with why you showed up here in the first place? Wayne Dyer says, know this for certain. Whatever it may be, you can make a living doing it and simultaneously provide a service for others. I guarantee it. You'll most likely know when you're off purpose because of your thoughts and feelings of frustration. We call that divine discontent. Divine discontent is your soul's song trying to get your attention. It's your music trying to be set free. And here's some information you might not want to hear. If gentle discontent doesn't get your attention, then the attempts to gain it will get louder. They may sound like, let's say, an ulcer or some kind of disaster in your home or being fired from a job or being brought to your knees in an accident. Usually these accidents, illnesses, and forms of bad luck, again, the air quotes, they get your attention, right? But not always. Some people... (laughs) End up like a Leo Tolstoy character who anguishes on his deathbed. What if my whole life has been wrong? See, the only thing that will keep you from playing the music that you hear and marching to the unique drumbeat you experience is you and your fear. A Course in Miracles tells us that there are only two basic emotions. One is fear and the other is love. We may fear the unknown. We hesitate to take risks or fear the disapproval or even the disbelief of others. Anticipating cries along the lines of, well, who do they think they are? I'm quite sure I'm not alone in this one. There are others whose talent and passion has been short-circuited by the need to be perfect. So much so that it paralyzes us. Most of us who have experienced the need to be perfectionists are that way because we are so wary of the critics and appraisers well I have good news for you including myself there's only one person in this entire universe who can express that talent that heart song in that unique way and that one is you nobody else can fulfill the role of artist or musician or poet or organizer or producer or songwriter or horse trainer or grant writer in exactly the same way The only way God can experience its earth song sung the way you sing it is through you. So if you don't sing it, it'll remain a silent song, a song unsung. One of our biggest fears is failure. Surprise, failure is an illusion. I mean it. No one ever fails at anything. Look at it this way. Everything we do produces a result if you drop a ball that is thrown to you, you haven't failed to catch the ball. You haven't failed that ball catching. You have produced a result, a dropped ball. Do you leave and moan about being a failure at catching a ball, or do you say throw it again? Ultimately, you're catching that ball every time. I know this is one I struggled with, and I did walk away, but you know what? I got there. Yes, I do remember the examples I write down. According to prosperity guru Edwin Gaines, there's only one word to say when we fail. It's the same word we use when a child is learning to walk and takes a spill. Oops. Failure is just a judgment. It's an opinion and it stems from fear. And the antidote for fear is love. Love for yourself. Love for your talent or passion. Love for others and the world. There's an old English proverb which goes, fear knocked on the door, love answered, and no one was there. When you're filled with love, there's no place for fear. The music you hear inside you urging you to take risks and follow your dreams, it's your intuitive connection to the song placed in your heart before your birth. Follow your right brain. Listen to how you feel. Weave your own unique magical dreams. You won't have to fear anything or anyone, and you'll never experience that terror of lying on your bed at the end of your life as it it draws near saying, what if my whole life has been wrong? This isn't about age or station in life. This is about you being your authentic self, expressing as the God being you are. What is yours today? What is your heart urging you to do, to express? We're here to support and nurture that. That's our purpose here. So take a micro-movement toward it this week, or a giant movement. Just get things in motion. So this morning, my friends, take heed. Be open at the top to greater and greater and even greater possibilities for your life by thinking outside the box and Make today be the day you connect with your heart song, with your music, with your song. I'm going to leave you with the words of Mother Teresa, definitely an out-of-the-box thinker who sang her own song. Life is an opportunity. Benefit from it. Life is beauty. Admire it. Life is bliss. Taste it. Life is a dream. Realize it. Life is a challenge. Meet it. Life is a duty complete it. Life is a game. Play it. Life is a promise. Fulfill it. Life is an adventure. Dare it. Life is luck. Make it. Life is too precious. Do not destroy it. Life is life. Live it with everything you have in you. Life is a song. Sing it. Thank you.